Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly? My name is Arnaldo. I'm going fast because it's hot and I'm miserable. My AC's broken. Talking faster just uses more energy. No, but we get through it quicker and I can go to sleep and I don't think about how hot it is. I don't think that's how that works. It's exactly how You're going to end up having to repeat stuff and... <laughs> Berto, what are we doing today? Uh, we are reviewing Across the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Across no. the Spider-Verse. Say it right or pay the price. <sighs> that was a really deep cut reference to um, Salute Your Shorts, by the way. That's so old. I know. <laughs> I don't know why I said you, it, but I'm like, now I have to explain you myself. You just aged yourself. I did. I was like, I now I have to explain myself because no one, there's no way anyone's gonna catch that. No, it was in the opening number when like someone like they have like a sing along mm-hmm. as like the opening number. This is salute your shorts, by the way, Nickelodeon from the '90s, and like, like early '90s. Yeah, and one of the one of like like the jokester character says it wrong, and the camp counselor, who's like the hard ass teacher kind of stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, "Say it right or pay the price." <laughs> anyway, that was that reference. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Fuck, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse, first one. That is the first one. Across the Spider-Verse, the second one. Yep. Should we talk about... Beyond the Spider-Verse? Yes, so then, yeah, we can talk about the third one. Everybody knows. Even if you haven't seen this movie, you know This was originally supposed to be like a part one type deal, but I guess they... I'm sure it's still like the same structure. They just changed the titles, like with the Infinity War and Endgame. Yes, but I have a bone to pick. With oh, this movie when okay. we get there. Let's get there first. All right. But specifically, I want to compare it to Infinity War and Endgame because it's a very different situation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. We also did recently Japanese Spider-Man in preparation for this movie. We did. Um, Did you see Japanese Spider-Man in here? Because I couldn't catch him if he was in here. He might have been in the uh, chase. Yeah. He's like one in of, the background. Yeah. He's one of those characters yeah. in the background of the movie. Yeah. So guys, if you haven't done a review with us, by the way, we're going to do some background information. Then we're going to review the movie without spoiling it. So if you are like Philly to the J here on our Twitch, by the way, we're streaming live on Twitch every Monday night, 8 p.m. Approximately. Yes. <laughs> 8 30, 8 45, 9 p.m. Then if you haven't seen the movie, you're, you're fine. You can hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, we will let you know once we get into the spoilers of it. That way, yeah. you're good. If you haven't seen it, you can kind of get our ideas. We promise not to spoil anything. And then we'll tell you when when to turn yeah. us off. And we're pretty strict on what we consider to be spoilers because we understand. Yeah. I've been on the other side of that so, so like, many any, times. Like, I would even consider like like little joke cameos. I consider that a spoiler. Yeah. Well, you just asked me if Japanese Spider-Man was in the because well, it, it was mentioned beforehand <laughs> that he would be in here. I didn't. I didn't personally see him. Sure, he's and by cameos, I mean like you know when it focuses yeah. on the character. Uh he's got to be in the background of some shot. He probably is. Yeah, but I I didn't notice. No. Um, and I was hoping for like a big Lel Pardon scene. That would have been really cool, yeah. especially since uh, he was a actually a big part of the Spider Verse comic yeah book. and it sets him apart too from all the other spider-man yeah. you know and, and he could be in beyond the spider-verse also he for could. all we know he could check that episode out it was a lot of fun uh it's a very interesting thing one of the most interesting things we've covered i think yeah Japanese it's, it's Spider-Man. so out yeah. there so let's get started spider-man across spider-verse written by phil lord and chris miller and dave callahan 
uh, <laughs> directed by uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Animated movies usually have like a big crew like this. Yeah. A lot um, of directors. Fun fact about this. Um, this has the largest crew out of any animated movie ever. Oh, I totally believe They had believe around that. Yeah. a thousand people working on this. Totally believe it. It's like four or five years, too, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. production. Probably like four years of production because then they got set back by COVID also. Yeah, like that, everything that else. didn't help things. I'm sure yeah. a lot of work went remote or they were trying to figure out how to make it remote because I'm sure there was... A lot of collaboration that yeah. needed to happen in the well, movie. Well, you know, like a this. lot of animated movies around this time was made. Encanto was made completely remote. Yeah, none of those people met each other no, until the like premiere. The, the difference is those movies don't all have multiple art styles meshing together. I guess not, but like, I yeah. feel like there's a little more collaborative work that needs to be done yeah. in that sense. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Starring Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez. Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Isa Ray. I hope that's how you say her name. Karan. Karan. Probably Karan. Probably yeah, Karan. Now that I know who he is. Karan <laughs> Sony. Shea Wingham, Greta Lee, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Mahershala Ali, and Oscar Isaac. Quite the cast. Stunning cast when yes. you think about it. Um, a lot of names I don't immediately recognize, but... Quick, uh, uh, I was going to say spoiler. Alert, quick, quick spoiler. No, but quick no. opinion. Yeah. All great, honestly. No, I, yeah. There's not a single performance that I was, I had any qualm with at all. Oh, no, it was all, no. all fantastic. I don't know if they recorded in the same, like, booth, but it felt like they were when they were I, having conversations. I can almost guarantee they didn't. They don't do that anymore. Which is crazy because it yeah, does. It helps. It adds a lot. It does help. Best example, I think, is the Rotel Dorado. Mm-hmm. Where you had um, Kenneth Branagh and the Kevin other. Costner? Who was the other one? Was it Kevin Costner? Or someone else. Who did Tulio? I don't remember. Or is it Miguel? I know oh. they were both white guys, though. Wasn't it Kevin Costner? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> both playing Spanish dudes. Um, <laughs> Which I guess Spaniards but, are white, but. Not in that sense. They're yeah, both, r- right. They're American and British. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're English speakers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> They have so much chemistry on screen, and you can see it, and it's because they recorded in a studio together. They were acting alongside each other. Yes. Yeah. And that made... that you, you can play off of each other a lot better oh, when you're yeah. actually there with each other. That being said, if this was all done separately, amazing job. Yeah, but I mean, this is how they do it now. Yeah. Everyone's separate all the time. It's, unfortunately. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But it's, sh- it speeds up production. I get it. and I guess. It didn't get any easier. It's for convenience. Convenience, COVID. Sure. <laughs> Background, you have some information, right? Yes. This is going to be Birdo's episode, by the way. I'm I'm not into this right now. <laughs> I've just got some background info on like the, like the main new spider characters that we see in this, which no spoilers here. They all show up in the trailers. So Right, and you can pretty much just bet going in that any iteration of Spider-Man you've ever seen in your life will probably show up in this. In some form, yeah. At all, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of this movie's thing. Right. <laughs> Up first, I have um, Spider-Man 2099, which is my personal favorite Spider-Man. Miguel O'Hara, played by Oscar Isaac in this movie. Yeah. But my information is going to be based off of like his Comic comics. Comics, right. Yeah, like... I don't know. I'm excited for this because I don't know much about him, but I'm... Okay. I thought he comes from like a future time, obviously, 2099. Yeah. Where Spider-Man is well-remembered and he kind of picks up that mantle, right? In a way, yeah. Okay. Like he Well, his first appearance was first in like a preview panel of Amazing Spider-Man number 365 in June oh, wow. of 1992. Okay. His first real appearance was in 
Spider-Man 2099 number one, which was in September of 1992. So this character has been around for over 30 years now. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's older than me. God damn it. The <laughs> 90s feel like it was yesterday. I know. <laughs> um, I'm sure you could tell from his name that he is half Irish and half. <laughs> he's half Mexican, half Irish. Right? Yes. And yes. it's one of those things where like, that's a crazy combination. It's a weird combination. Before, and you can tell by it's in the name, like you said, like Miguel O'Hara. O'Hara. Yeah. But like the thing is, his name has a great ring to it. So it's a weird. It works. It works. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird like juxtaposition of these two like names from across the fucking planet. Yeah. But like it just rings so well that you don't second guess it at all. No. It's like, Miguel, it, it, just, it just works. Miguel O'Hara. Yep. Yeah. And he was the first Hispanic Spider-Man. Okay. There you go. Or the second one is in this movie, too. Yeah. Protagonist. Miles Morales, yeah. (laughs) Miguel O'Hara was a bioengineer that worked for Alchemax in the year 2099. After witnessing some unethical human experimentation, he attempted to quit his job. But uh, his boss spiked him with a drug called Rapture. It's addicting on a, like, molecular level. So it's like, there's no cure. Like, you're hooked for life. And Alchemax is the only... uh, provider of that drug so he basically did that to keep miguel there because he was like his star geneticist right so he's working for drugs now basically (laughs) he kind of doesn't have a choice now right okay but in order to try and like cure himself uh he does a genetic procedure on himself himself being miguel right while he's doing this uh the machine is sabotaged by his supervisor in an attempt to kill miguel and make it look like an accident So what he did was he basically turned all the dials up to 11, like everything max powered, and he added uh, spider DNA into like the machine. Basically, he was just trying to kill him. Here's the thing, though. You don't kill somebody in a way that could side effect give him superpowers. (laughs) Just like what's wrong? Yeah, because he does end up surviving. Surprise. Right. Like just like (laughs) bullet to the head. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you go for? Here's the thing. I'm going to turn all these machines up to 11. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna insert some, yeah. <laughs> like, did you watch the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> to be fair, actually, I don't remember why he put the spider DNA in it. I think they were already experimenting on that. Okay, because those were the human experiments that Miguel didn't agree with. But this is also trying to recreate Spider-Man. Okay, exactly from the past. So, because I was gonna say they're well aware of who and what Spider-Man was. Yes, yeah. So like, but like all the attempts on humans were failing. Like they would turn into monsters and then die, basically. Gotcha. So honestly, it sounds a lot like a little bit of what was happening in the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Oscorp. Like okay, si- yeah, similar yeah. elements with like cross species and, stuff. Right. Um, Trying to recreate the thing and the, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Miguel ends up surviving, and um, now he's got his uh, Spider-Man powers. Mm-hmm. So his supervisor like basically confronts him immediately when he sees he survives he like pulls a gun on him and tries to just kill him he's what he should have done in the first place right yeah <laughs> but now that you know miguel's got the powers he was able to literally dodge the bullet and nice. like this freaks the guy out he runs away he ends up like kind of falling out a window of like they're in a skyscraper uh-huh. obviously miguel tries to save him so like he like grabs his arm but he he doesn't right uh he doesn't <laughs> because he ends up like so one of the side effects of Miguel's transformation is he has like talons that come out of his fingertips now. So when he grabbed the guy's arm to try and save him, he's actually like tearing into the guy's flesh and stuff. So he's like hurting the guy. Yeah. So the guy kind of like makes it to like he just he'd rather follow his death and deal with his pain. That's a classic Spider Man situation where 
Spider-Man won't kill the villain. The villain just kind of kills himself. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. right? Miguel feels like he's like a monster at this point because like he, he realized what he did to the guy's arm and stuff. Right. He's like, oh my God, I like tore his arm to shreds. So he tries to kill himself by throwing himself out the building. Oh, wow. But then he just kind of like instinctively catches on the side of the building. This is where he learns to like wall crawl. Uh-huh. Throughout this whole the first whole issue, montage. it's like, yeah, it's where he's, like, he's like figuring out his powers and stuff. And that's where I'll get into his powers, too. So he realizes that, you know, he's got all the stuff Spider-Man has, you know, super strength, mm-hmm. speed, reflexes, healing factor, all that. He does not have a spider sense, though. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's like one of the only Spider-Man that doesn't. Wow. His vision is very, very, very heightened. So he has, like, telescopic vision. He can see very, very, very far away. And he can see at night. Okay. That being said, his eyes are very sensitive to light now. So he's, mm-hmm. like, constantly got to wear, like, sunglasses and stuff like that. It's like Vin Diesel in Riddick. Riddick. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. He's being chased by a bounty hunter throughout this first issue, too, because Alchemax is like, you know, catch that guy that, you know, killed our right. supervisor. Put a hit on this guy. Yeah. He learns that he's got organic webbing. So he's one of the few Spider-Men that actually has the organic webs. Along so, with, like, Venom and, and also, like, Tobey like, McGuire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Parker for a short amount of time in the comics. Oh, okay. Organic webbing is always kind of weird to me, though. Like, what is it? Yeah, my... So, like, I watched Spider-Man, like, at the cartoons just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was vaguely aware of Spider-Man before the Tobey Maguire movie came out. So, when the movie came out, I, I was very easy for me to transition into, like, oh, yeah, organic webbing. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because, to me, I thought, without the webbing, what are spider powers if not webs? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as, as like, a kid, I always thought that was the power. Right. Because yeah. it's like super strength. Okay. Everyone has that. Uh, <laughs> uh, agility. Everybody has that. Spider sense. That could also be like anything. Like precognition yeah. is not like limited to spiders. Right. You know? So like I always thought like the one th- power that sets them, puts them square in the spider territory is webbing. But like he makes that himself artificially. So it's kind of like, well, then what makes him a spider? The wall crawling. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> he actually has fangs, too, and they uh, secrete a paralyzing venom. So if he bites somebody, right. he paralyzes them. That's pretty badass. Uh, he's pre- he's a pretty badass it's, Spider-Man, It's honestly. almost like, okay, so it's almost like the creators. He's very know, edgy. I, I don't know who wrote, wrote him, but like it's almost like they looked at, what are all the spider powers that we didn't give Peter Parker? Let's give them to this guy. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's got the fangs. He's got the talents. He can, like. If he ven- wanted to, he could tear people to shreds. He's with got venom, talents. like real venom, actual venom. Yeah, yeah. He also has a a limited form of telepathy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he can telepathically talk to some people sometimes. Okay, when the comic allows it, <laughs> when the plot allowing. Yeah. So those are all his powers, and his suit is actually a Dia de los Muertos costume that he had laying around in his closet. That's why it has a skull on it. Is it really? And it's uh, made from unstable molecules, which is something that Reed Richards invented for the Fantastic Four uniform uh-huh. so that their powers don't, like, destroy their uniforms. Right. So he has to wear that so his talons don't, like, shred his clothing, basically. That's insane. That's really yeah. cool. I, I have no idea. So you play Shattered Dimensions. I play right? Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time. Those are the ones with... With 29. Yeah, yeah, 29. So, like, you're well aware of his whole... Yeah, stick. and I, I read his I comics, not, too, yeah. a long time ago. Like, I, I've always been a really big fan of his. And he had a more recent run, too, where he's, like, in... He kind of gets stuck in, like, present-day New York. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, another fun fact that the New York in the future is called Nueva York. So there's a lot First of, of all, that's what we call it anyway. <laughs> that's just what it's called in mm-hmm. that future, I guess. So, so I don't know what the hell happened to make that happen, but... <laughs> that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So it's not just their perspective, because again, Spanish speakers call New York, Nueva York. Yeah, no, it's like, it's called Nueva York. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and it should be noted that it's in the future, but I don't think it's in the future technically of 616. I think he's in like Earth 9, whatever. Yeah. Because obviously we're getting pretty close to we're getting closer and closer to twenty ninety nine. We don't have any of that technology, right? There's, I mean, <laughs> flying cars. We're not that and, close, but like, I want. There's gonna be relatively a, close. Twenty twenty three, dude. We're less than a hundred years out. <laughs> okay, no, but like, my point is, like, eventually we're gonna get to the point where twenty ninety nine isn't the future. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be like uh, Back to the Future, and they're like, "Oh, they're going to the t- year 2015." It's so futuristic and crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't that special. Yeah, it, it was. 2015 was an all right year, actually. It was a good year, actually. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of big things. Star Wars came back. Things were looking bright. Things were looking up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, that's 2099 Spider Man. I've got a few more. We got uh, Jessica Drew, who is Spider Woman. I yeah, thank you because I feel like I looked her up one time and then I forgot everything about her. There's actually a lot on her. She's been around for a while. Um, okay. Her first appearance was in Marvel Spotlight number thirty-two in November nineteen seventy-six. Oh, that's it's pretty She's old. She's been around for a Ugh. while. Yeah. Uh, as a child, she lived in the outskirts of Mount Wondagore and Transia. Oh, you remember Mount Wondagore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So has she always been Spider Woman? Yeah, well, she wasn't born Spider-Woman, no. She has, like... No, I mean, like, when she was introduced, was she Spider-Woman? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, her father was Jonathan Drew. He was a geneticist who worked with Herbert Wyndham, who was the high evolutionary. Okay. But uh, Jonathan Drew found large amounts of uranium on the property that they lived on, which he used to, like, you know, fund their res- their research on evolution, genetics, cell regeneration. You know, everything him and the high evolutionary worked on. Right. As you know, though, uranium is a uh, very irradiated uh-huh jessica becomes ill from exposure to all the re- uranium so she's got basically radiation sickness gross yeah uh her father tries to cure her by injecting her with an untested serum made up of the blood of several species of spiders and then sealed her in a Classic. genetic accelerator made by the high evolutionary in hopes of curing the radiation in her it starts working but very slowly so they keep her in stasis for decades um, her aging is slowed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time she wakes up, she is in obviously still at Wondagore, but it's already been colonized by the by the new men, which is the animal species right. that the high evolutionary made. So she's kind of like unwelcome there because she looks like a human. Like she's still a yeah. cross species technically, but she not looks visibly, human. Yeah. So she gets basically kicked out of there. She's not one of those rabbit or otter people from right. Gardens of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she ends up setting off on her own after this. Uh, she actually joins Hydra first. Hail Hydra. But uh, defects after um, her first field mission where she was ordered to assassinate Nick Fury and she refuses. Good for her. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. She's good at heart. After this, she becomes a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and Avenger. Obviously, the superhero Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. And a sword agent, which oh, is wow. sword is the yeah, yeah, yeah. more space based organization with aliens and stuff. So she has some run ins with like scrolls and stuff mm-hmm. too. Uh, her power is excited for Secret Invasion. I know it could be some cool I'm, stuff. Yeah, I miss Nick Fury. <laughs> All right, go on. Her power is you know, typical spider people stuff with like the speed, strength, stamina, all that stuff. Classic. Uh, she does have super flexibility. 
So she's just twice as flexible as a normal human. It's not like Plastic Man or Mr. Fantastic levels. Not to the extreme, just a little extra flexible. Uh, She has what she calls Venom Blasts, which is bioelectricity that she has learned to channel and discharge out of her hands. Okay. It's kind of like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar. Miles can kind of do something similar to that. He needs a little electricity, right? Yeah. Okay. She also has pheromone secretion, which can elicit fear, attraction, or repulsion. Honestly, that, that'd be a good superpower to have. Just, you know, like you're. It's gonna, almost like you're, like, controlling people. Right. But, I mean, even, like, fear alone, like, you know, you got a bunch of bad guys on you. You can make them terrified of you. That gives you a huge advantage. Yeah. yeah it's like the fear toxin in Batman. <laughs> yeah. She also has self-propelled gliding, not to be confused with flight. She says multiple times in the comics that she does not fly. What's the difference? So what's, what is she doing? I'm guessing self-propelled gliding is something more along the line of like what Morbius does, or like he like he he glides okay. on like the yeah the air waves. So can she jump up and then glide and then jump up again and then glide? I don't know if she can double jump. <laughs> no, I mean like land, jump up. <laughs> Oh, I think so. Yeah. Have you ever thought about just quick aside? Have you ever thought about how like normalized double jumping is in video games? Yep, and it's like even though impossible. it makes even though it makes absolutely yeah, no sense. What's the second jump coming off of? I don't know, yeah. but it's become such a thing that every video game has it. I like when video games do it. Like you have like a jetpack or something, it does like a little boost as that you makes, double jump. Well, at least that would make sense. I was yeah. playing a video game last uh, a couple nights ago, not related to any other major video game. Just, you know, it had double jumping and diving. So you could jump, jump, dive to get extra further. And I'm like, but what? How? It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Even in fun games like Super Smash Bros. It's like, well, yeah, but what is this? Because you jump and then like you do a flip and jump higher? Yeah. You can jump backwards too. Like just completely change your trajectory. It's trajectory. for like the sake of gameplay. But it's pretty I, fun. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, just like, where did it come from? You know? Yeah. Anyway, back to Spider-Woman. She does not have web shooters. So no web singing. Oh, okay. Is that what she has the motorcycle? Yeah, she does ride around on a motorcycle. That's okay. like her preferred way of getting around. Spider-Woman was actually created in response to the animation company Filmation's proposal to create a Spider-Woman character for their Tarzan slash Batman Adventure Hour. After hearing about these what? plans, Marvel rushed the character into publication, forcing Filmation to rename their character as Webwoman. Oh, so a non okay, I get it now. Yeah. A non Marvel character wanted to use a name Spider that was tangentially related to a Marvel character. So, so they Marvel were like, oh, was shit. like, not if we do it first, which yeah. is similar to what um, She Hulk She Hulk came from. Yeah, yeah, where Marvel was like, the TV show's gonna want to make a female Hulk. If we do it first, they have to pay us exactly. Yeah, because now it's our creation. <laughs> because of the rush in uh, getting her to publication, I guess. Her original origin was one that was originally developed for Wolverine. Excuse me? But it also says that that origin was later abandoned. Okay. So I'm not super so well versed in Spider-Woman. she's not Canadian. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> was this before Wolverine was created? Oh, no. Wolverine's like 75, I think. Okay. Well, it's around the same time. It, it, Their origins might have both been in the same bucket. While they're working yeah, on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, they probably just like, let's use elements of Wolverine stuff for this just to get this character out here quick. I get that. Next is Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. Okay, so I actually know a little bit about Ben Riley because he's a clone of Peter Parker, right? He is. He but is. he doesn't know if he's a clone or not, but he just accepts the fact that he could be the clone. Yeah, there's a whole... This was during... The Clone The Clone Saga, saga yeah. which upset a lot of Spider-Man fans. Yeah. It's you know, considered one of the, like, I know less... This- 
positively received. There's a couple lines. really unpopular story runs of Spider-Man, and that's one of them. Spider-Man, because he's such a popular character, he probably also has some of the most unpopular storylines. Because there's like the Clone Saga, the One More Day, Sins Past, which was the one where like you found out Gwen Stacy cheated on Peter with Norman Osborn had a baby. That's awful. That was like exce- had accelerated Horrible. growth, and it was weird. I don't know if that one ever actually got retconned. I think they just ignore it. Yeah, because it's stupid. Yeah, I think mostly. And the reason why Green Goblin killed Gwen Stacy was because she like didn't want him to be with the child. Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like any of that. It, I don't like it, that. Yeah, 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 I hate it too. <laughs> um, anyway, Ben Riley, um, his first appearance was actually in Amazing Spider-Man number one forty-nine in July nineteen seventy-five. I mean, his first appearance is Spider-Man's first appearance when you think about it, because he's an exact clone. Technically, yeah. 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 Or he could be the original. That's the yeah. thing. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he is a clone of Peter Parker created by Miles Warren, who was the Jackal, which is right. a villain that was obsessed with cloning. Uh-huh. After Ben's first encounter with Peter, um, he seemingly got killed. So as far as we know, like he was he was dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he ended up surviving and exiled himself for five years. Right, because they were like in that situation where like I'm the real one. No, I'm the real yep. one. And he he eventually accepts that he might be the clone. Yeah, and just like Ben takes Riley it. accepts that he's like, yeah, I'm the clone. Whatever, I'm gonna go live my own life. Yeah, and then he changes his name so that he won't be confused with Peter Parker. Right. He, and he takes named himself Uncle Ben's name and Aunt, Aunt May's, May's maiden, maiden name. name. Yep. Yeah. So, so Ben, ben Riley. Riley. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, because he does have all of uh, Peter's memories and life experience. Like, all of that he still has. So to him, he is Peter Parker. Exactly. Which is kind of messed up. It is kind of fucked up. When No Way Home was coming out, I was like, they should take Andrew Garfield and make him Ben Riley. Like, they should put him in a situation where he can't get back home and he's stuck in this universe. Oh, and he just names himself Ben Riley. He can't be Peter Parker, so he becomes Ben Riley. I'd be fine with that. And then he gets his own movie. As Scarlet Ben Riley, Spider. as Scarlet Spider. Wouldn't that be pretty fucking cool? I'd be pretty cool with that, yeah. I know we said this like a year ago, but like, come on, Marvel. No, it, it'd be a way for them to... Because Toby's Have done. their cake and but eat it too. Toby's a- too old Andrew now. will do another one. We all know it. No, he'd be excited to do another one. Make a Ben Riley movie, Scarlet Spider. If they offered it to him, he'd probably cry and then accept it. And it'd be so fucking original. Like, that's such a good yeah. idea. Because he, he loves his Peter yeah. Parker character. He loves his character. Ah, he would absolutely great. come back. He should do it. Dandy's asking, is referring to who voices Scarlet a spoiler? No, because that was also heavy in marketing. Andy Samberg. Oh, okay. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. Andy well, Samberg is Scarlet Spider in this movie. And you know what? Andy Samberg's got that voice where you will recognize it instantly. Yeah. All right. So after exiling himself for five years, Ben returns to New York after hearing that Aunt May was sick. And it's here where he makes amends with Peter and then fights alongside him as the Scarlet Spider. So this is where he becomes the Scarlet Spider. Him and Peter are cool with each other. Right. Uh, But then both Peter and Ben are tricked by Norman Osborn into believing that Ben is actually the real Peter Parker and that Peter is the clone. So this causes Peter to leave New York with Mary Jane, who he's married to at the time, which is crazy. It's crazy to think that Peter and Mary Jane were married because the writers seem to like hate that that ever happened. What? They went back and forth between should Peter be happy or not. Right. And, like, let him have, like, one happy thing in his yeah. life. Come on. Anyway, uh, he allowed Ben to take the mantle of Spider-Man in 
Ben Riley was Spider-Man in the comics okay, for okay. a while. So this is this, this is the part where I I, I kind of was hazy on. I remember this for a while, even though Ben Riley is the character who exiles himself, changes his name. Mm-hmm. For a minute, there was the opposite, where he he actually remained as the main Spider-Man. Yeah, Peter's the one Peter that exiled himself, and yeah. then they switched places later. Yes, gotcha. But during this time, uh, Ben does get killed by the Green Goblin, okay. and he Shit. dies in <laughs> Peter's arms. God damn it! Uh, yeah. In his death, though, it's revealed that Peter was actually the original. I think when clones mm-hmm. die, they like like do that like disintegration thing. Like they don't just stay. They don't dead. have like a proper death. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. We find out years and years and years and years later that Ben has been repeatedly being brought back to life and killed again by the Jackal in order to perfect his cloning tech. God damn it, Jackal. And this makes Ben go a little crazy. Um, He overthrows the Jackal and becomes the new Jackal himself. Uh, He then founds a company called New You Technologies, and it's like just his attempt at trying to like use cloning tech for what he he thinks would be good. But, you know... Spider-Man's not really on board with this, and Spider-Man eventually stops him. After that, Ben moves to Vegas and becomes the Scarlet Spider there. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Where is there... Okay, here's the thing about Vegas. There's the Strip, and that's it. It's probably just Where do you swing from, Probably the Strip. Just one direction back and (laughs) forth. Uh, And then, you know, after he does that for a while, he um, eventually just, in his travels, he runs into Kane, which is another clone of Peter, that is also using the name Scarlet Spider, and he's based out of Houston. Oh my God! It's a Kane and Abel situation. Yeah, because okay. he like Kane is Kane Parker. Yeah, he's the bad one. He's the bad one, but he turns good and he oh. tries to go be a superhero in Houston, Texas, and he does a pretty good job at it for a while. What's a skyscraper situation in Houston, Texas? I think there's a few. There's a few better than Las Vegas. Way better than Las Vegas. Okay, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. it's way more believable. <laughs> Currently in the comics, Ben Riley is kicking, but he's going by the name Chasm, and he's a villain. What? Yeah, a lot of stuff has happened. Oh, I'm not up to date. <laughs> uh, his abilities are pretty much the same as Peter, since he's a clone. He's an exact clone, yeah. Uh, he does have a few extra abilities, because somewhere along the way, he got exposed to psycho-reactive goo. That's what it's called. That's uh, about right. Uh, and because of that, he now has energy manipulation, so he can forge solid light weapons using his own energy to do it. I think this is more like in his time as like the villain chasm. Okay, yeah. Just a few fun facts about Ben. In the Amalgam universe, we know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's the... Crossover with DC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben is the Spider-Man that was combined with Superboy to make Spider-Boy. Okay. Because Ben Riley was the current can, Spider-Man. Can he fly? Time. Spider-Boy? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh, cool. So then why swing? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing about Spider-Boy. You've combined two characters who have a very like established <laughs> method of traveling. So it's yeah. like you either do one or the other. If you can do one, then the other one's not interesting. Right. If you can swing, then why would you fly? If you could fly, why would you why swing? Why would you do it? Yeah. yeah. A lot mm. of the Amalgam characters ended up being like that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I've got a few more characters, and I've got even less info on them, so these ones will be a lot quicker because they just have less content. Yeah, yeah I want to get to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got uh, Hobart Hobie Brown, who is Spider-Punk. Uh-huh. His first appearance was in Amazing Spider-Man Volume 3, which is you know obviously one of the newer runs. Yeah. Isn't uh, he from a universe that's like British punkers 
you know what they were quote unquote rebelling against it's like fascism but, right yeah. but in that universe it's all that so they have more of the reason to like rebel yes so he's um he lived as a squatter in a fascist america that was ruled by president osborne okay that makes sense yeah yeah um <laughs> and get this he was bitten by a spider irradiated by illegal waste dumping making him the spider-man of his world where he fights alongside his friend captain anarchy nice <laughs> So I don't think he's British in the comics. Oh, okay. He's British in this movie, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. That, Which is more of like the, like, punk, the punk yeah, aesthetic. The, yeah, like the punk. Yeah. So I'm not sure if he's actually British in the comics or Dandy not. Dandy says he's uh, Antifa Spider-Man. You know what? Kind of. I mean, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, totally adds up. <laughs> uh, most of his stuff happens during the Spider-Verse event in the comics. Uh-huh. He does get his own um, like run eventually. Okay. I think it was a pretty short run, though. Okay. And the, uh, Hobie actually originally hated the name Spider-Punk, but eventually he embraces it. He's like, I'm Spider-Man. I'm not Spider-Punk. Right. Like whatever. But and he's like, you know what? This, this fits. Yeah. Uh, next we have, uh, excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, Pavatir Prabhakar, which is Spider-Man India. His first appearance. He, he's probably like, why am I called Spider-Man India? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, his first appearance was in Spider-Man India number one. In November of 2004. So okay. he, he was created quite a while ago. I mean, God, that was 20 years ago almost. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he was a poor Indian boy that lived in a small village but moved to Mumbai with his aunt Maya and uncle Bim to study after getting half a scholarship. I didn't know you could get half a scholarship. So it's not a Mumbai, Mum, Mum, Manhattan or whatever? No, not this? like in the movie. Like uh, it, The versions in this movie are just var- variants yeah. of the comic book versions. Right, right, Okay. Moving to Mumbai, you know, he didn't have any friends. He was bullied a lot in school. Uh, his only friend was Mira Jane. Oh, God. Are you seeing all these parallels? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't get it. <laughs> one day while being chased by other kids on the way home, Pavatir ran into an ancient yogi. I don't know what a yogi quite is. I'm guessing like a. I've heard that like word a sage before. Yeah, like probably. A, yeah, I don't want to guess. Well, he gave sure. him the the power of a spider to fight demons because there is currently a demon committed to opening a gate for other demons to reach Earth. So this Spider Man is uh fights demons. Okay, sounds very Japanese Spider Man also. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Professor Monster. Uh, right after getting his powers, though, like just on his way home, he refuses to use his powers to help a woman that's crying out for help. Later on, though, he hears his uncle crying out for help, and he discovers that his uncle was stabbed to death while trying to help that very woman that he ignored. So that's his, you know, Uncle Ben moment. Yeah, they that's all have an Uncle what Ben What inspires moment him to become a hero. Yeah. Same powers as Peter Parker. Okay, cool. Uh, Danzy says a yogi is a sensei for, for, yo- a yo- for, for yoga. yoga. I know. I've so heard would that, it just be like a, an instructor? Heard that word then? Before. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's probably more than that. Yeah. And then the last character I've got Mom some for Batten. is Jonathan On, who is the Spot. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and this movie played by Jason Schwartzman. Yes. Who I immediately recognized. I love his voice. <laughs> so it's interesting that they use this character in this movie, especially the way they did. That's all I'm going to say for now, because he's uh, in the comics. He's just a joke, pretty much. Like he's a joke character. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. His first appearance was in Peter Parker: The Spectacular Spider-Man, number ninety-four, in June nineteen eighty-four. Is that one of the lighthearted ones, kind of like an Archie comic style? I think that was like one of the more like, oh, you know, we're, this is a little bit more comedic, yeah, slice yeah. of life type stuff. Yeah, that was his first appearance as Doctor John. On four issues later, he appears as the Spot. 
He earned his doctorate at MIT where he was roommates with Quentin Beck. Oh, who was Mysterio. Cool. Yeah. And after graduating, he worked for Kingpin as a scientist and was assigned to reproduce the radiation levels of the vigilante cloak to try and artificially mimic his powers. Mm. They're always trying to recreate someone's powers and things go wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it cannot yeah. be done. Uh, one night, he actually succeeded and created a solid black circular portal. But this caused such a drain on the city's power that it created a citywide blackout. He freaked out thinking his research will be lost. So for some reason, he stepped into the portal mm. and immediately passed out. <laughs> uh, when he woke up, he was floating weightlessly in darkness, which he at first assumed was the dimension that Cloak travels through to like teleport. Because that's Cloak's powers. He teleports. And it turns out that he was sent to another dimension entirely where an infinite number of portals surrounded him. He eventually found a portal that brought him there and swam back to it because he was floating, so he kind of had to like swim in the air. Uh, upon his return, Jonathan realized that his body had changed and the portals from the other dimension had adhered to his skin, covering him head to toe in portable space warps. So he's just got like black dots all over the place. Sounds horrible. It does. <laughs> and then um, in his first encounter with Spider-Man and Black Cat, uh, he introduces himself as a spot. And he is immediately insulted as Spider-Man collapses to the ground laughing at his name. See, here's the thing. <laughs> I always felt like Peter Parker is such a bully to his villains. He really is. And the villains deserve it because they're villains. But at the same time, like, damn. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man movies really highlighted yes. that. I think they did a great job with that, though. Because I'm like, he's Garf- being a real dick as Garf- Spider-Man. Garfield's a dick, yeah. But, like, I kind of like it. No, for sure. Spot- Spider-Man, uh, the animated series... In, uh, I, I, guess I know he showed up in, in there. Yeah. I don't have too much information about him in the animated series, though. I've just got his comic stuff. Here. If when we get there, if you know yeah, something, if we you've don't. got information to give us, feel free. Yeah, yeah, type that in the chat. In his first fight with Spider-Man Black Cat, though, he actually wins. The spot does. The spot okay. does. Yeah, but then in the second fight, he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> and then after being defeated, he forms the Spider-Man Revenge Squad with Gibbon, Grizzly, and Kangaroo. If you've never heard of these villains, it's because they're also joke villains. So he needs to network better because there's plenty of other people out there that want revenge on Spider-Man. Right. Why are you going to pick the three the, joke characters that idiots. are based on animals? Right. Like, come on. Okay. Not even the rhino in there, though. <laughs> like, Get on LinkedIn, man. Do something. <laughs> uh, he has a few more encounters with Spider-Man in the comics, but never anything of any significance. His powers are teleportation, using his spots, mm. and immortality. He cannot die. Oh, okay. So, like, he can get, like, decapitated and he'll still be he'll fine. He'll just still be in that kind of dimensional vortex yeah, situation. Yeah. Okay. And since his attacks technically come from another dimension, he does not trigger Spider-Man's spider sense. So that's just a little fun fact about him. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And that's all the the major players in this movie. It's kind of like Venom, where Venom doesn't trigger his spider sense. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're... Is it because he's an alien? Something like that. Or it's know. because the symbiote bonded with Spider-Man, so it's like a part I of him. I think it, that's it, yeah. Because other Peter Parkers also don't right. trigger the spider sense. But yeah, those are the major players in this. So, no spoiler review. Um, overall thoughts, Berto. What, do you, what can we say about this movie? I love it, honestly. I it's There's a lot going on, but it was never in a way that was confusing to me. Like, despite the fact that there's, this, like, multiple dimensions and multiple versions of the same character, like, it never felt overwhelming to me in any way because each character, they got their time in the spotlight and they are still, like, individuals. 
Right. I can't decide if the thing I want to talk about belongs in no spoilers or spoilers. Because the biggest thing about this movie is that it's broken into two movies. We know there's a right. there's another one coming. So, like, I don't know how much I want to talk about, like, how that affects this film on its own. Mm-hmm. But I think it works both positively and negatively towards it. I think I would have preferred a more complete film okay. on its own. Just, just to like, you know, you sit down in one day... You want to kind of have a complete experience, even if it does tie into another film. At the same time, this movie had a lot of time to really explore its characters. It did. And, and I think it used the time it had really well. Yes. And pace itself really well, because I think that's kind of where you were getting at, where like a lot's happening, and yet you don't feel overwhelmed because it's paced appropriately. The first like half hour of this film is all about Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And so, and like, it's done really well. It is, and you, so you have a you you really get a lot of time to spend on this. Not like she's a main character. And that's but she's all not, before we even get the title card. I don't remember when that happens. Like half an hour in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's all kind of like a like a prelude. But mm-hmm. like, you get a lot of time to spend with this not main character. Like she's a main character, but she's not the main character, right? right? Like she's not the protagonist. And I think that does something very well to this film. Where like, you, you know, like I sometimes I talk about really long movies and. And why they can work, and it's because like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna give this whole person like an episode, if you will, you know, Which and that's what they did with all the characters really here, for the most part, yeah. yeah. And then that way, when later, you know, the character has a lot more to do, plot wise, you really kind of get a sense for the context, like what's their uh, motivation, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I really enjoyed that the movie had the time to do that, especially with Gwen Stacy, because she's kind of like the second big character in this movie yeah also then we spent a lot of time setting up the conflicts for uh miles morales yeah and that was another thing where There's i'm a like lot of stuff just in new york here yeah huh. and that's another thing where i'm like this movie's kind of moving slowly and it's like oh yeah because there's going to be another film later on yeah so, so it, it has the luxury of being able yeah. to do all that yeah yeah so i think that's kind of a double-edged sword on the one hand it's good that we get to do that on the other hand i'm like but I kind of want a more complete, complete film boom, okay. on its own, right? And mm. and that I can kind of compare that to what I was saying earlier, like Infinity War and Endgame. When we get to spoilers, I'll, I'll talk more explicitly. But like mm. Infinity War and Endgame were originally going to be Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. Right. Right. And then as they wrote the story some more, they're like, well, we can make these two very independent films. And it's clear that they did make them different. Like, Oh, they couldn't be more different. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like... They are telling one big story, but at the same time, there are two very independent films that you can watch on their own, have a solid beginning, middle, and end. Okay. This movie made me think about other kind of, hey, we filmed two movies at once situations, right? Like, so like... Uh, Pirates. Pirates is one Lord of them, of the right? Rings. Lord Lord Yeah. I mean, I, you can think about a lot of these. You yeah. can think about The Matrix. You can think about um, Pirates. You can think about Harry Potter, Part Deathly Hallows, Deathly Part Hallows 1 and Part 2. Specifically, yeah. And there are situations like Deathly Hallows where that's one story broken yeah, into two. Because that's literally the book split into. Yes. Yeah. So that's very much a one story broken into two. I think that's the most comparable to this. Whereas... Uh, the last Hunger Games also with the Mockingjay. Yeah, but I didn't see that bullshit. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, you have... Uh, Twilight. I also didn't see that. <laughs> if Sable gets her way, I'll watch it, I guess. But that's not. I don't look. It's probably. Not I don't remember what the last one's called. Is it Eclipse? No, it's Breaking Dawn. I think that's the last one. I think so. I don't care. 
They're all like moon cycles, kind of, sort of, except when they're not. It's just sky stuff. Yeah, yeah sky stuff is the sky best. stuff. It yeah. doesn't matter. We're not talking about anyway. Also, none of it correlates. Uh, the Matrix, Revolutions Unreloaded. Mm. That's one where like those movies were like six months apart. They were very close. Wasn't it filmed as one giant movie? Yes, they were filmed together. Yeah. However, those movies can be broken up into two films. They had they each have a beginning, middle, and end, and they're stylistically very different films. So you haven't seen them, not right? two and three. No, right, right? I've only seen one, and apparently, like that's a good thing to a lot of people. I think you'd enjoy them. I might enjoy two and you three. You like lore, so you'd like two and three. Yeah. Oh, Back to the Future two and three. Yeah. Okay, but in Back to the Future, it's kind of a similar situation where like there's very stylistically different movies because three is you go to true, the Wild true. West. So see, th- those well, are we we don't know if Beyond's going to be a stylistically different movie or not. Well, that's my thing. I'm I'm thinking it's not, and I'm going to get to it in spoilers. But like Back to the Future, there's an example where like each of those movies feels like it has a beginning, middle, and end to the movie, mm-hmm. but together they tell one big story, but are stylistically and plot a different movie. Okay. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense when I say it. It makes sense. (laughs) I think that might be my complaint here because I did not feel satisfied at the end of this film. Oh, I did. I felt so satisfied. But like, I've never been in a movie theater where everybody cheered and booed simultaneously. They all went, oh, ah." like, ah, damn it. (laughs) Because they were happy and sad at the same time. Right. Because of the way the movie I ended. I felt a little bit of that, but also, like, I... It's hard to talk about it without spoilers. Yeah, we'll get to the explicit yeah. stuff, but... I don't think I could say what I'm trying to say without spoilers. So, so that's the thing. all right, so let's move away from this. Everything else besides that, I think, is perfect. I think it nails it Performance all the way through. amazing. Performance, music, music action, oh. story, characters. Art. And then, yeah, last and, and probably most importantly is the art. Each universe has its own the art style. The art, the animation, the cinematography in this is just beyond what it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. When you look at like animation in the last like twenty years, a lot of people point at like Pixar for starting the three D computer animation CGI. Yeah, and right? while Pixar does it very well, a lot of other people don't. Like yes. it's very lifeless. But we stopped doing 2D animation because of Pixar. Yeah. Because of no, Toy Story. Like, Disney straight up stopped it for a long time. Because of Toy Story. Yeah. Toy Story looks so good that mm-hmm. they're like, we everybody can do this. No more hand-drawn stuff. Isn't it right? cheaper, too? I mean, who knows? Maybe slightly. <laughs> who fucking knows? It's quicker. That's for it me. might be more expensive, actually. Uh, it, I think it might be more expensive, but quicker to do. It might be longer, even. <laughs> really? I don't know. Some of these movies take forever to make. Some the, yeah, but hand-drawn every frame? I mean, look at you look at movies like Moana and Frozen. Those took forever to make. True. Anyway, this is having its own effect, I think. I think Into the Spider-Verse specifically is going to start a whole new wave of animation. And you can see it in movies like... The new Turtles movie coming out. Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I forget what that one's called. And Puss in Boots 2. That just oh, came out. Oh, apparently... Yeah, I, that, had, I hadn't seen it, but, no, but in, it got you, a lot of praise. You can see it in the trailer. That it's no longer just a 3D animation thing. Like it doesn't just look like Shrek. It doesn't look like Shrek anymore. It's more like a like a comic book. It oh. has textures. It has art styles cool, to cool. it. That's definitely influenced from oh. Into the Spider-Verse. Which, no, like Into the Spider-Verse was like, it was revolutionary for animated films. That's what I'm saying. And it's, I think this movie even pushes that further. 
Probably, yeah. yeah. And in the Spider-Verse said, what if we make 3D animation look like 2D animation again? We're like, we're actually drawing stuff. Yeah. And but, it's like, what if each character that came from a different universe had the art style that that universe would yeah. have? And its respective frame rate. Like, it got real yeah. specific. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they even did tricks with uh, Miles's frame rate in the first movie to where, like, his frame rate was, like, a little bit off this at first. This is half speed. Because he wasn't in sync Spider-Man yeah. yeah and then once like he gets that end. confidence and stuff like his frame rate is like Picked in up. sync with everybody that's else that's pretty cool that's pretty cool uh, it's you you feel it psychologically too yeah Danzy thank you Mutant Mayhem is what Mutant it's called Mayhem. Okay. Uh, that's only like a month away oh, yeah it's like <laughs> August right fuck it might be like a month and a half there's so much yeah. to do yeah so in, in this one is just a kind of continuation of that this movie is a little more dense than Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. which opens up for more animation styles, which is probably an, an additional factor as to why this took so long, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I even saw things about how, like, the background plates to a lot of the animation isn't blurry like it would be, like, in a um, like in a live-action thing, right? Instead, the colors are just slightly offset from each other as if... It was printed poorly like it was back huh. in the 60s. That's pretty cool. You know, so like, for example, if you look at our stream right now, you see the titles under our name for where our names are. Mm. That's the style where the yellow and the white and the black don't match up. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. that's what the whoever designed this that I kind of stole it from. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were going for. Right. Mm. So they did that in the background. So you don't focus on the backgrounds. You kind of get a sense of depth. Even though that's not what it's doing, because huh. it's not blurry. It's not a. It's not right. a. It's not like a field of what's it called? A field of vision. A field of view. Field of view. Yeah. Situation. Huh. You know, there's so many like clever there, animation oh, tricks. Yeah. I mean, I that's the one that I caught by someone else posted on the internet. There's probably yeah. a gajillion more mm. that we'll slowly be catching later. So sorry. <laughs> that I don't know, but yeah. Do you have anything else? No spoilers. I have one more thing. No spoilers. I don't have anything else. No spoilers. I want to get into the spoilers. Yeah. yeah the, okay. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> the only other thing I have is that this is a great movie for bilinguals. If you speak English and Spanish, you're going to have a better time. Oh, there's probably a lot of inside jokes for you with some of these there characters. Was. <laughs> there was a great, I'm not going to get into specifics, but there was a great, is there silk coming out of your butthole <laughs> joke? <laughs> But it said purely it's said in, in Spanish, Spanish yeah. with no subtitles. No subtitles. There's no subtitles for any of the Spanish. No, not yeah. at all. So it's just those little jokes for Spanish speakers. And if you don't speak Spanish, you're supposed to be able to pick pick up the gist you can in pick context. Up, like, yeah, through context. You can yeah. figure out along the lines of what they're saying. Right, because you have Miles Morales, his family, uh, at least half his family speaks Spanish, yep. right? Because they're half Puerto Rican. Um, and then you also have Miguel O'Hara, who also... Yeah, who's half Mexican. He's half Mexican. And he says a, a few Spanish lines on this, too. Yeah, he says a few Spanish lines, like, under his breath, kind of yeah. upset-like. Yeah. So it's probably curses. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know no. if he's, like, actually cursing, but, like, you know... Like, I don't remember what his line was, but I remember chuckling. Take that for was, what it's worth. Was he, like... He was, like, annoyed at something that, like... Yeah, he said something. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> he that, said something about, like, Miles or... I don't remember. Uh, that's Miguel for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that kind of attention to detail. I love... This was in the trailer, but... There's a part where like uh, he's getting like his report card or something, and he's and he's failing or he's doing <laughs> he's doing poorly in he has like a Spanish, right? He has a B, and that's and his mom snaps at him, <laughs> and the sound effect to the snap, like the visual sound effect, instead like of like the an exclamation, yeah, kind of an onomatopoeia, but it's not like a word, right? Right. The sound effect is a Puerto Rican flag, 
Oh, well, they she do snaps like, the, like the exclamation point, but it's like a Puerto Rican flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a perfect little touch. <laughs> uh, but yeah. All right, cool. Let's get into spoilers, guys. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, now's the time to stop listening. I'll give you three whole seconds. <laughs> Two. One. All right, that's your warning. Let's spoil the movie. All right. Spot becomes a villain because he gets a bagel thrown at him in the first movie. <laughs> Did you go back and watch that in the first movie? I I mean, I had noticed that when I first saw the first movie because he throws yeah. the bagel and it hits somebody and the little onomatopoeia says bagel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that part. <laughs> Help me understand because I kind of like zoned out in this part of the movie. How does that turn him into the spot? <laughs> Well, I mean, the bagel itself didn't do it, but... But, like, that's his whole motivation. It's like, you hit me with a bagel, now I'm this guy. I, I missed the part where those things are correlated. Well, what actually turned him into the spot was he was inside of the collider room during the final act of the first movie. So when they blew up the collider with Kingpin, uh... he, w- he was in there and he got affected by it. Okay. So that's what actually turned him into it. But the bagel thing was just, like, that's what made him dislike Spider-Man. Okay. Because that's that was their first encounter. Gotcha. Was Spider-Man got away and he threw a bagel at me. Gotcha. <laughs> that's what uh, Danzy's saying as well. Yeah. But I liked what they did with Spot in this movie. They made him actually, like, he's still silly, but they made him pretty threatening. I, I like that portal scene in the bodega. I thought that was cool. Oh, when he's trying to, like, trying to get in the ATM. Yeah, and then they're having a fight. He doesn't quite understand his powers yet. Yeah. There's portals everywhere. He, it's a lot he, of fun. He kicks himself into himself. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. cool. Uh, Miles is having a great time. But then, like, you go from that to, like, at the very end of the movie, he's, like, he's a multiversal threat now. Yeah, well, he's gaining his powers. Yeah. He's understanding them. Yeah. He's very threatening looking. Yeah. I like what they did with him. I think he's primed to be a pretty good villain. Okay. I also think possibly Miguel can be a good villain too he pretty much is the antagonist of this movie yes is miguel yeah but it's one of those deals where it's like he's doing the right thing but he's not going the right way about it so do you think there's because i haven't really spent a whole lot of time on the internet about this do you think there's a lot of people that would agree with miguel or at least empathize i think people are pretty split uh there is a scene going around a lot on tiktok from the spider-man edge of time game Okay. Which is kind of a parallel to how Miguel is like in this movie where Peter Parker finds out that Mary Jane is going to die because Peter Parker ends up in the future and Miguel's in the past and they're like oh, interacting wow. with each other telepathically. Okay. Um, and Peter Parker finds out that Mary Jane's going to die the day that Miguel is at in like the Alchemax facility in the past. Mm-hmm. But Miguel's like, I don't have time for that like i'm trying to save like all of time right now it's like yeah. that's more important right and then peter like yells at him is like well if if you're gonna like ignore somebody that's in danger when you have the ability to like help them then you don't understand the first thing about being spider-man so right. they have like a little fight about that yeah it's like classic like analytical versus emotional right. character because, where, like because miguel's very um analytical but there was another word i was gonna use and i i can't think of it right now utilitarian like uh, no it's it, like he's gonna go for the greater good right right instead of the individual it's almost like he thinks too much okay yeah i mean we've seen this conflict before it's like no, we see it all the time all the time like uh i think most recently like dr strange multiverse of madness we're like yep. or even thanos and yeah right in the mcu in the yeah. MCU, yeah we have a character who's like 
I like I know how everything plays out, and in the grand cal no chugged his beer on cue. Sorry, in the grand calculus of the multiverse, your sacrifice is nothing. Oh, uh, Doctor Strange says that in both the Spider-Man movie and in Multiverse of Madness. Right, exactly, because he's the same character. I think a different Doctor Strange said that. No, 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 I'm saying, but he's the same person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to Because it was a Doctor the Strange same. that died at the beginning that said that. Right. Yeah. He's going to want to say the same words, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But no, it, it's that kind of thinking that, like, you know. It's like, wh- you're like, not important. Why am I going to stop and say one person when, like. The whole universe is if at I, stake. If I do that, yeah. I risk the entire universe. Yeah. Right. So, like, in that sense, I do kind of see... I see both sides. I, yeah, I relate with, with Miguel, but, like, obviously, classic Spider-Man is like, no, fuck that. Pragmatic. That's, that's the word I was looking for. Pragmatic. Okay. Yeah. Classic Spider-Man's going to be like, no, let's... We have to save who we, we have can to save, save everyone. Now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so... G- given a choice between a, a trolley car full of kids or Mary Jane, Spider-Man will do both. <laughs> He'll find a way. <laughs> He'll find a way to do both. Yeah. yeah. Miguel's character in this, yeah, he's clearly an antagonist, but also, like, he's not a bad guy, though. Although oh, he was right. really fucking scary when he was chasing Miles. Yeah, so. I mean, he is a Spider-Man. He does a crawl that's, like, super intimidating. It's almost like... Like, going up that train. It's almost like Feral. Yeah. yeah. I think part of it's just he was so fucking mad and, right. like, on a mission. But it makes sense. It makes sense. He is a Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, like, he doesn't, like wall crawl like they do he uses his claws to like literally yeah. climb. so that alone is a little more scary <laughs> yeah but no he's very intimidating in this movie and oscar isaac fucking killed it i think he's a great actor yeah i hope they don't do him dirty in the next movie i'm sure it'll be fine <laughs> so uh, speaking of next movies yeah that's uh, that is my main complaint is that this movie doesn't feel like it has a first middle and final act it feels like it has a first and middle act and then it's like at the beginning of what would be plot wise, story wise, the third act, it's like to be continued. Did you notice though that this whole movie was like Gwen telling the story though? Oh, like it's from her perspective? I th- the whole movie is like, because at the beginning it's her I mean, talking kind of. and she's like, we're going to talk about Miles. Yeah, she kind of narrates and it, it for a it little ends, bit. Yeah. It ends with her recruiting her new team. So like the, the whole story of the movie, I think is like, her like recruitment pitch to like this new team of Spider-Man so that they can go and save Miles. Okay, that's something I have to keep an eye out for when I watch it again. I picked up on that. Yeah. But I th- I thought that was really cool. And to me that in a sense it felt like a complete story to me cuz Gwen's like, "All right, this is what happened. This is where we're at now. It's this is the next step." I mean, not really like it just you know, so towards the end, you start they start setting up like he goes into a universe where Instead of his uncle becoming the prowler, his uncle's alive. He becomes a prowler, mm-hmm. right? I thought that reveal, that slow reveal, so like, was really the, good. So, like, what's the finale then? You know what I mean? Like, this movie doesn't really have a closure, and it's like you look at other movies. That's a part one, part two. Mm-hmm. It still has a finale. So, like, you look at Harry Potter. Do you just not like cliffhanger and no, no, no. That's not it. Because if it ended, if it had a third act. And then had a cliffhanger, that'd be fine. It'd I thought the third act was him escaping 2099. No, that happens way before. That's a second act ending. I took that as like the third act ending, and then no, like so the what's whole the second act. No, that's the end. And of the then the second whole act. him in the wrong universe was like a long ending type deal, like it's all of the Lord of the Rings movies did. 
that would be the beginning of the third act and then it ends the way it's structured i don't like because i would like something like matrix where in the matrix reloaded it has a finale even though it's a cliffhanger ending it has a finale then it introduces a cliffhanger to entice you into the next movie so that would be like a like that would be like a tv show where like oh it has its own proper ending but then it's gonna end on a cliffhanger anyway I feel like what this movie does is that it introduces what the ending would be and then it just doesn't show it to you. And I think that's evident in the fact that like everybody in the theater is like screaming (laughs) at the to be continued because it's like nothing. People do that to cliffhangers in general. No, no, no. no, Not like this. They don't. Yes, they do. Not like this (laughs) because we could have had like a structured ending and we didn't get it. And that's why it's so unsatisfying. You know what I mean? Like, it could have... I don't feel the same way at all. (laughs) Oh, no. I feel very strongly about this because I left the theater not feeling good, even though I thought, man, that was a really good movie, but, like, it didn't satisfy in the way that it was structured. So, I'm leaning more towards, like, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows 1 and 2, where it's like, that was literally one story that they had to break up in two. Right. But they found a good way of structuring it So it still had its beginning, middle, and end. It kind of just ends in the middle of something happening. Yeah, but before the... So, like, it had a big set piece right before they run out into the woods. And then they get captured. And then that's when the movie ends. I don't know if that's much better. I think it is better because it has a third act set piece. And this doesn't have that. This has a setup for a third act. And then it ends. Do you think the whole third movie is just going to be the third act then? well that's that's like my big, a long third act well that's kind of my question mark i'm like the third movie has to have more plot than just like here's the big fight between the prowler and him you know well, yeah because the spot is gonna end up being the real threat i guess yeah and we haven't really touched on that too much yet so, i don't know like i'm just i i love the way I, the movie end i was this, like you yes. know what this reminds me of is dune where like dune like i haven't seen dune yet well dune like didn't really end very well because it, it, it it's a good movie mm-hmm. but it just feels like so much of like a this well, is only it, half it's of another a movie. one where like it's a long book so they just cut it in half sure yeah. but you have to format that so it still feels like a complete film uh, and i think like deathly hallows oh. part one does it well enough where it's like it still feels like a movie that just like ended and we're gonna get another one that kind of wraps it up i but, think it's still a little too early to like maybe have that opinion on this though because we know nothing about the third movie no, yet. No, 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 it's not because when you leave a movie, you should feel like you just watched a movie. I did. Not, not half of a movie. I didn't feel like I, I watched no. half a movie. I was like, this was half of a movie, and I feel empty until I watch the second half. Damn, that's crazy because I felt hyped. No, but see, like, if I, I had was seen, hyped when it ended. I was like, yes. See, like, Pirate, okay, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, and At World's End. Like, that ended on a huge, like, third act finale. And then there was something extra at the end. Oh, like, you know, uh, fucking... Uh, uh, Barbosa comes down and he's like, I'm alive again! Ha! No, fucking, he goes into the mouth of the creature oh. and he dies. Oh. Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it has that finale cliffhanger that makes you excited for the next one, but you don't feel like you just watched one half of a movie and didn't get a satisfying conclusion you to keep it. You saying that? And, like, I don't feel that, though. Well, so. Those words Someone listening, con- those Mike, words okay? aren't connecting with me. You people on the internet <laughs> listening to this podcast back, let me know how you feel about this. Because again, I just feel like I watched half a movie and I wasn't satisfied. And I felt like I watched a complete movie and I left smiling and satisfied. Mm, did not. 
let's go to the chat because they've been talking for a minute. Uh, um, they've been having the same argument we have. All right, cool. So <laughs> Danzy says it should have to be continued when we realize he was in the wrong dimension. That'd feel like a TV show ending. Well, that would have put it earlier. Yeah. I agree with him then. I don't. Because it was... No, because (laughs) there's so much extra time there for you to just like sit in the movie and be like, where am I? What are we doing here? It should have ended the last earlier than... Like 20 minutes that you guys are complaining about, I love. Because he got... He gets captured. That's part of a different movie then. It's not though because... No, it literally is because we're going to go watch a different movie after this. Anyway, it played out for two, 50 minutes too long. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with you. I disagree completely. Okay, Jorge's on your side where he thinks it ended perfectly. Uh, third act is when he goes to the time travel machine. I think to Berto's point, because it started at the time, this time in Gwen's perspective and ended at the same time in her perspective of Miles' story, it had it all. Yeah, but, no, but the thing is, we see so much not in Gwen's perspective. We see it from his point of view in his new universe. So kind of not, though. You know, I see what you're saying, but like kind of not. Look, it's got the, me... The entire last 15 minutes, I was literally on the edge of my seat. So here's here's how I feel, and I'm going to make it in an equivalence comparison, right? Imagine if Infinity War ended at like the part where all of the Avengers are running towards the army. That's not even Wakanda. the same thing. Yes, because it ends without a third act. That's how I feel. The third act was the spider people attacking him no. and him getting away. That's the second act. The second act was his introduction to 2099. There was a whole like hour before all that happened. Yeah, that's all second act stuff. No. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like this. Um, if Infinity War had ended right there, that's how I would feel. It's not a complete movie. Instead, Infinity War had its third act set piece. And then there was a cliffhanger. Perfect. And then the second movie is a completely different movie that resolves it. Perfect. I can't disagree more. Mm, God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, spo- enough about the ending. Other spoiler stuff. Um, I liked all of Gwen Stacy's stuff. Her individual storyline was great. I mm. like that we got to kind of like spend time in it. Again, the fact that this is broken up in two movies, like I was alluding to at the beginning of the show, works out because you get to spend a lot of time in her universe and see her problems without rushing through it like that. Mm-hmm. I did like that too. Did you like all of the like the whole canon event argument that Miguel had? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that's I how, think it's funny that they call it canon. It's very meta. Yeah. yeah. But like the whole like, you know, every Spider-Man has like just these things that happen to them. Yeah. And then we see like the different like Captain Stacy's dying, including right. Andrew Garfield's. Yeah. There's some live action in this. That's right. And I think yeah. it's implemented pretty well. So it's It doesn't feel that weird. It doesn't because they're they're jumping through storyline so many times, through universes so many times. Yeah. Um and you see it you, well, you see a clip of the movie. Yeah. So it's not like any new content or anything like there that. There is for when we see the I prowler. believe well the prowler played who, by who um, we did see in Homecoming. Yes, but he but wasn't the as, prowler. Well, so is that the one of his coming? aliases was the Prowler and Peter's thing when he looked at him? He probably wasn't okay. like the super villain. Exactly, though. is yeah. the super villain version of Donald Glover, Glover Prowler? Is that from nineteen nine 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 one nine 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 nine? Or is it <laughs> or is this a variant of that? Is one? it a variant of it? Yeah, impossible to say right now. Right, but it was cool to see. That, no, it was. It, super it, it was cool. actually yeah. really cool to see. It was super cool, especially and, like because like 
I'm not sure if the MCU's decided if they're going to actually use that character or not. Right. So, so I'm glad if Sony did something with it. If not, then at least we see him here. Also, yeah. we jumped into the Venom verse for for like a second. Yeah. The and hung spot, out. like his face just pops up in front yeah. of uh, Mrs. Chen. Mrs. Chen. Yeah. The best character in those movies. And then she's just like, he's like, why aren't you freaked out by this? Like, why are you acting like this is like a normal day? Because it is. She sees Venom on a daily basis. He just steals candy from her shop too. <laughs> so does Venom. Yeah. That was good. And I don't even like the Venom movies, and I thought that was great. Again, she's the best character in those movies, yeah. so I was happy to so see her. So they picked her. the best. At and least so- it wasn't like Eddie Brock going like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We also got, in the Captain Stacy part, we got uh, this. I don't know if you ever watched the cartoon, The Spectacular Spider-Man. It only no. ran for one season, but it's like very well loved by mm-hmm. most fans. We see that Spider-Man over a dead Captain Stacy. I don't think Captain Stacy died in that show, though. So that happened like after the events of the show. Oh, interesting. Which is, yeah, it is interesting. That's fun. That's fun to think about. That probably would have happened in the second season or Who something. Who is Ice Pop Spider-Man? Did I miss that? The, you remember the the Ice Pop with like the gumball eyes? I, I don't know Do, why. You remember I don't... that from real life? What? Like the Spider-Man Ice Pops that you'd buy from the ice cream. Oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of those. Oh, wow. I don't remember that at all. They show a picture of one in the Into the Spider-Verse, too. In fairness, I think I remember that. Yeah. In fairness, in my defense, this movie is very uh, There's a lot going sensory on on overload. Yeah, yeah. You're, It's easy to miss a lot. There's also Petir Tarker, which is like the the dinosaur one. Oh, okay, yeah. And when he uses webs, it go, It says, um, instead of thwip, it says T-whip. <laughs> That's fun. I didn't notice uh, that. There's Peter Parked Car. <laughs> There's also Lego Spider-Man. That was fun. And it's all, first of all, you're one of our best. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. I love that. Miguel's like, thanks, Peter. You're one of our best. I love that out of all of the other Spider-Man that Peter, or sorry, that Miguel O'Hara is managing, the best one is Lego. Well, he does not like any of our main characters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're too rebellious for him. <laughs> Including Jake Johnson, Peter B. Parker. I think he just annoys Miguel. And his child. Mayday I was, Parker. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. That was cute that they uh, that he had a kid with MJ after his after, encounter with Miles. Right. Because they got back together in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. That was really cool. So there was a little bit of like closure with his little mm-hmm. storyline. Well, I'm sure his storyline's still going. But sure, yeah, yeah. Jake Johnson's also a great Peter Parker. I love Jake Johnson. I guess Chris Pine didn't come back, but I guess Chris Pine died he's too. Dead. Yeah. yeah, he's he could have voiced someone else. He's I guess. dead, dead. <laughs> um, there was a few villain cameos. Plushy Spider Man. <laughs> um, I know in the training area where they're like fighting like fake villains, you hear um, Alfred Molina his "Hello, Peter" when like one of the Doc Ock holograms pops up. Okay, cool. I think I noticed um, that. Yeah. Oh, and in the Lego universe, it's J. Jonah Jameson as well. Or no, not, no, no. Uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Every J. Jonah Jameson. There was several different They're versions. all J.K. Simmons. They're all J.K. Simmons. And I love that idea. He's that a Nexus being. He is, yeah. <laughs> Every version of J. Jonah Jameson is J.K. Simmons. I do like We've that. We've never idea. seen one that wasn't except for like in the video game. <laughs> right. And even then, like it sounds it's enough like based him. on yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we do see the PS4 Spider-Man in here, too. I think I noticed him. He was there for a second. He has a little thing pop up that says, like, Insomniac Spider-Man or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Danzy is reminding us that the Lego portion was 
animated by a 14 year old. Um, he put yes. it on YouTube because he, yeah, he animated, he did the trailer in Lego. Uh huh. Chris Miller and Phil Lord uh, the, caught wind of this and they hired him. Yeah. Did they just copy and paste it or did they use, did they have him kind of make some more stuff? No, he made more because what he made, like he made that sequence. Uh huh. What he originally made was the trailer to the movie in Lego. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 So this was a new sequence this that he brand made. brand new stuff and they had to make it. That's yeah. amazing. Also, I love that when that Spider-Man talks on this thing, he makes like the sound effect. It goes like boop, boop. Yeah. He goes, boop, boop. <laughs> but I love the idea of like, instead of just like paying someone off and be like, Hey, we're going to use your shit. But now the big boys are taking over. They're like, no, like let's have this. Like, kid. That was amazing. Do Lit- that. Literally make the movie. It's a collaboration with a fucking 14 year old. Like that's someone's dream. That's incredible. You've just created the next great filmmaker. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what's that kid going to make now in 20 years? What's also funny is that, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, actually, they were the ones that did the Lego movies. Yeah. 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 So, so they're probably like they can definitely the fact appreciate. That they were impressed by that. Yeah, they can definitely appreciate it. Yeah, that's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I was just watching um, Parks and Rec, and mm. we got to the episode. You don't fucking know. You didn't even gotten this far. Nope. There's an episode where uh, one of the characters is like uh, he doesn't have a job currently, and so he starts making a stop motion animation movie, <laughs> and he's like, "Here, I'm going to show you what I made," and it's like four seconds and he's like i could have sworn i i've been working on this for two weeks <laughs> and it because the stop motion it's frame by frame it's frame by frame yeah. you don't realize it 24 frames per second like it's so much work it's a lot and so you don't fully appreciate <laughs> it but it's technically anybody no, could do it stop motion move, but <laughs> like full length stop motion movies will insane. always impress impress the shit out of me have you seen we're off topic but it's okay have you seen Kubo and the Two Strings? Yes, I love that movie. Fucking so good. And it's incredibly done. It's, it's such so a good impressive. fucking movie. Uh, it's good in every way. It's one of those. But Yeah. Uh, highly recommend it. Acting, we already said it's amazing. I don't know if you have any yeah. more than that. We talked about cinematography, art style. Action was really well made, I think. That chase scene out of 2099, that apparently took four years to make. It's a little... It's, it's easy a, on like how much of that was like actively... Like literally it, just animating it. Yeah, but it just sounds like they. Yeah, I'm they sure worked, they worked on like, it for the length of the film production. Yeah, it was probably so. the last thing, either the first thing or the last thing done. <laughs> oh, Danzy, um, in the chat saying, did you notice the first part of the movie was a cough? I did not notice. It's that. an ongoing Lord and Miller joke since Twenty Two Jump Street. This time it's animated. I didn't I notice that. Didn't know that they had like a signature. That's funny. That is pretty funny. I did enjoy Twenty Two Jump Street. I thought that was actually a I, really good sequel. Cause I kind of want to go back and watch those. Usually I, sequels to comedies suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a bit of 21 Jump Street recently. I don't remember why. I think it was like on a TV somewhere where I okay. was. And I was like, God, that movie's really funny. I should go back and watch did it. Did you know that the 21 Jump Street show is canon in that universe? Yeah, because I saw the movie. Oh, yeah. And Johnny Depp shows up at the end. As his character. As his character in 21 Jump Street, he the gets TV killed, show. killed, though, yeah. right? Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for that movie from 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, that, was, that was so funny. Yeah. That's a good movie. It really is. I got to go back and watch it. The score was good. really good. Yeah, I agree. The songs used, I mean, also really good. The score stood out to me more than the songs this time around, whereas in the first movie, the songs stood out to me a little bit more. They didn't have that situation where, like, they had that song that hadn't come out yet, wasn't even written, and they had to animate it around when he finally wrote that song, which is, what's his face? 
That song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's going to tell us what it is. Post Malone. I didn't even Post looking Malone. it up. Post Malone. Yeah, Post Malone. That always happens. You know what, though? That happens to me. When I can't think of someone's name. I start looking up on it, and then I remember Here's it. Here's what I do. I open up Google, and before I type in the first letter, I'm like, I remember it. It's the act of like looking like it, it, it teases your brain. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like it, it's it's like telling your brain, "Hey, I'm gonna look it up," and your brain's like, "Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a big ego, <laughs> and I know it." Because yeah, in the first movie was Sunflower by Post Malone. Yeah, I think like the main song of this movie, it didn't stand out to me as much. I don't even remember what the song was called. That shows you how much it didn't stand out to me. Word. All right. Well, um, final thoughts. <laughs> well, Danzy said the 2099 score has a Spider-Man Unlimited influence. Yes, that Does is it? true. Because the Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon was originally supposed to be a Spider-Man 2099 cartoon. They swapped out the characters? They swapped out the characters. They reworked the whole show because wow. the same year Batman Beyond came out. And they didn't want to do they it They didn't want to. Yeah. yeah they're, they're same concept. Yeah. Because <laughs> Batman Beyond and Spider-Man 2099 are actually very similar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same exact idea. They also gave 2099 a cape in this um, in this movie, and it's very similar to the cape that Spider-Man Unlimited has in the cartoon. Okay. Because I don't think 2099 has like a holographic cape in the comics. I think he has like a little bit of webbing hanging mm-hmm. off his back, but not like a like that. Final thoughts, Berto. I know you love this movie. I fucking love this movie. I I give it five out of five. Okay. I'm so close to loving it. I think it's an expert film. It hits everything. I just thought the way it's structured and the and where it cuts off is just fundamentally flawed. I think if I were when, later on the line when the next one comes out, you watch them back to back. It's not a problem anymore. You know <laughs> what I mean? I said the same thing about Dune. Dune didn't end properly. It ended at a random spot, mm. and it's so unsatisfying because now I'm like, well, now I need the next. But if you one. watch them back to back, you think you'll it be would fine. be fine because you're just watching it as one big movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That took me out. It gave me like a weird, sour taste in my mouth. However, the rest of the movie is fantastic. I can tell it's a great part one of a two part mm-hmm. thing. I just wish that it had a more conclusive ending and then a cliffhanger. Okay. But great film. No, um, I, I do think it's, it might be the most impressive animated film I've ever seen. Yeah. No, no, no. I give, I mean, it has less of a surprise from like into the spider verse because i was right like, because we've se- we've, we've seen, seen it, it done we were expecting it this, to be better like, and, it, and it was it does yeah. end up being better though yeah. which is also impressive it's also the longest animated film ever made is it really yep uh two hours and 20 minutes get out there has to be an animated movie longer according to multiple sources sure, so. i guess all right yeah that's it for us you guys we'll be back next time uh reviewing probably transformers or doing I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. We we're might, between Flash and Nick Fury. Yeah. So we're either gonna do yeah. Because remember gonna Secret Invasion is gonna be going on for a little bit, so it's not like a one and done That's deal. That's true. Maybe we should yeah. do something flash related. We could do something flash related. So let's do something flash related. Um we we're not gonna do the Superman movies yet. I'm not ready for those. Or Supergirl <laughs> because it's a spin off of Superman. Um let's do the first Flash movie. There's a it's a trilogy. Uh, the that, TV movies? There's TV movies, yeah. With, uh, John Wesley Ship. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Who's in the CW show also. As Barry's dad. Yeah. And Jay Garrick. He's multiple characters. Ooh, <laughs> funny. Uh, let's do that. Because if I do anything else, it'll spoil Flash. Okay. So let's let's stick to that. 
Okay. Um, we'll do that one next. Uh, then we'll do um, and then Nick Fury. Will we talk about the Flash on here also, or is that like a you and Blake exclusive? No, we're gonna do a review. Okay, cool. In depth, there's so much okay. to talk about. There's so much I didn't talk about with Blake. Okay, so we've so we've he, got the Flash, the Flash, and Transformers, and then Nick Fury, something like that. Okay, so we so we've got quite a few things in the pipeline oh my right now. God, yeah, three hour Flash review. Let's uh, go. Honestly, it might happen. No, no, no. no. It'll end up happening. You long. don't you don't want it to happen, but it'll end up happening. I don't want to do long things anymore. It's too tiresome. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the show. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. I apologize for the low energy. I'm so hot. I'm, I'm it's comp- a little toasty I'm in here. I'm completely drained. I apologize if there's any, like, fan air fan oh, we, air coming into our mics. All the fans are on, so, like... So the, the audio quality might have <laughs> suffered from that. I'm not sure. Make sure you leave a rating or review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get this podcast. Um, please tell a friend and thank you guys so much for telling a friend if you have so many people come on they're like oh hey I'm here because so and so whatever last week we had Philly on the show and he brought like seven friends yeah it was cool it's great great stuff uh, you can support the show on Patreon um, where we have our second podcast called Where's Mephisto Birdo what have we been doing on Where's Mephisto lately uh, a lot of just in our daily lives yeah. lately um, but we recently covered Mandalorian season three. I almost said book three, although that wouldn't be a bad thing to say either. Avatar turn. I know. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Next, we'll be doing Secret Invasion. I I want any information on that live action TV show that they announced three years ago. (laughs) And that, like, I'm more interested in the animated movie coming out. I I want both, obviously, but it's like, geez, do something. (laughs) Anyway, go on. (laughs) But yeah, we do like streaming television. There hasn't been much recently since Mandalorian, but we do have Secret Invasion coming up. We have Ahsoka coming up. That's right. We've also done like the previous MCU Disney Plus shows. So like, you know, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. That's right. This Stranger Things. Did we do Loki or was that before we started? No, that's before our time. Oh. Yeah, so that's on our Patreon. As low as $3, you can go. And Patreon is doing free trial, so I might put out a free trial. Oh, get people hooked. Get people hooked on us. Yeah, like how (laughs) Miguel O'Hara's boss got him hooked on a drug. On drugs. Uh, You can also get uh, outtake episodes on our Patreon. From yes. this very show, Films from the Phantom Yeah, Zone. we fuck up a lot. All of the, it's not just that, all of the off-topic stuff that doesn't quite make it into the show because we went on a tangent of a tangent. Oh, like the creation of Coca-Cola. We did that once, right? That did happen, yeah. <laughs> all that ends up on an outtake episode. So check those out. Those are a lot of fun. If you want to hang out with us throughout the week, you can go join our Discord server. That's absolutely free. Link below. We talk all week long, all the time about news, literally everything else. All the recordings are streamed live on Twitch. So if you want to be a part of the show, come hang out with us on twitch.tv slash filmsfrompz. We've got a lot of friends here tonight, such as our good friends Jorge, Philly, Danzy. And that was it tonight. And that was it. Sorry, I kept on looking. <laughs> I kept seeing different colors pop up. I was like, hey, people, wait a minute. People changing their colors. I didn't uh, know you could yeah. do that until someone yeah. tricked us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but guys, every Monday night around 8.30 p.m., uh, come hang out with us. Be a part of the show. Get name dropped, mentioned, talk to us. It's can, fun. It is fun. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. Uh, you can find us on Twitter if you want to argue with me at Films from PZ. TikTok Films from PZ. These episodes are mostly available on YouTube if you'd prefer getting your podcast that way. 
And other than that, we will see you next week with The Flash TV show. Yes. Movie. Not, well, TV movie. Or the new movie, depending on which one comes out first. Which episode this comes Either way, it'll be the Flash related. Well, Flash, yeah. okay. Or Transformers. <laughs> we don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And good night. Good night. <laughs>